0: Obviously by the look at I can see that you found that very helpful. <laughs> it was just so if you if you are single and don't forget there's some part of Valentine's Day to go then you are now equipped with all you need to know to be able to win the girl that you like. Can we put the first slide up? Is that okay? So the question is this, how do we form the basis or foundation on which we fall in love? How does that work? Well, I'd like to just share with you the foundation of how Callie and I fell in love. And uh, it was simply this, that, uh, that Callie and I met in a graveyard. <laughs> and uh, that's how we met. And just we, we were just thinking about this uh, when we got to the point of having gone through our courting, having met in a graveyard, when we got to their wedding day, and we were married in sickness and in death. So our foundation was not a good one, um, but I'd like to suggest something to you, and it's, it's this. It, it's that the way that it seems to work today is, the, is an issue of compatibility. How compatible are you? And like all things, you can discover the issue of dating and love on the internet, this is what an online dating company says. They, need, they said uh, in, on their email, on their website that we need to know all the facts about the person that you are going to date before it's too late. So know the facts uh, of uh, uh, the person that you're going to date before it's too late. And the reason they say that, and it's on their website, you can have a look at it, uh, it says that an estimated 83% of divor- divorces would not occur if the person simply asked the right questions while dating. That's what they suggest. They go on and say this the problem is that most people don't know what to ask, hence what I was showing you. They don't know what to ask on a date. And that's why they say they created a compatibility test. They've done this over eight years and it has been proven to be a success. They say that it will provide you with an easy, non-threatening way in which you can learn about your partner. They say that our proven, time-tested compatibility test reveals the often overlooked areas in a couple's relationship, and methodically covers all major topics. So I thought that I would register. (laughs) I'm a married man, but I thought we're in for this. So off I go, and I look into the the next stage, and on I go. And I found out that the compatibility test goes like this. Paul, do you like trees? No. Linda, do you like trees? Yes. Tough. <laughs> that's, that's the way that it goes. Do you like ice cream, Fleur? Not really. Not really. F- Rupert, do you like ice cream? Forget it. It goes something like this. And I thought, it has taken you eight years to put this thing together. And br- such was the impact of this Um, This compatibility test that I thought you'd like to know some quotes, how it had changed people's lives. Are you listening, Silas? You're single, aren't you? At the end of this, you could be married. Okay, here it goes. This is what somebody said about dislikes and likes. Wow, your compatibility, compatibility test has helped me to know that my boyfriend is right for me. I learned so many interesting things about him. Ice cream, trees. (laughs) Now I know for sure that we are meant to be together. Thank you so much. You can feel the emotion in that, can't you? Then on the other side of the coin, this is the, the trees and ice cream thing. I had some doubts about the guy I was dating, But I couldn't justify breaking up with him. After taking the compatibility test, however, I knew that in my heart that I shouldn't be dating him. There were just too many areas that were important to me that he could not care less about. Your test really helped me to see him for what he was. And now I know that I am better off without him. Thank you very much. So the answer is compatibility. I even found out that, that you can have horoscope compatibility. How about that? I decided not to register for that one because you put in job title, pastor. No, it wasn't <laughs> going to go wrong. Horoscope compatibility starts like this. Find out if that someone special is right for you. Simply indicate your star shine. shine your star sign. Then... Your partner or potential partner sign, then hit the submit button. So you go, Sagittarius, Aries, hit the submit button, and then we will give an I- you an idea of how compatible that you are. Okay? Oh, God. So, what would happen, for instance, if the one person who liked, every, uh, if you had a person where, that liked everything that you hated and hated everything that you liked? Surely, the answer is, according to modern-day dating and modern-day compatibility, that you would be severely incompatible. Now, I have to say, it is quite true, because there are lots of things that appear on the surface that Callie and I are not compatible in regard to, the place that we were brought up the background of our parents, the education that we received, the fact that she likes classical music and I hate the stuff, the fact that I like Tamla Motown and Northern Soul and she hates the stuff. All that sort of thing goes on. She loves period dramas. Why? I do not know. I hate the things. And why do they go on so ever? Why can't we just have an action film on every night? We are severely incompatible. Well, the question is, can love occur in these conditions? Can love occur when things are severely incompatible? The Bible says that God loves the world. But it also tells us that the world does not love God. So it appears that the world and God are severely Incompatible Incompatible So the question that I want to ask is How does God love the world In the condition where We are incompatible Well the Bible puts it like this John 3.16 Where it says For God so loved the world That he gave his one and only son That whosoever believes in him Should not perish But have eternal life and it's so important that what we do is that in the present day, we let the Bible define love rather than other images clothe our judgment. Because we have accumulated a lot of assumptions about love, and it can make and then what we do is that we apply those assumptions to the Bible. So, for instance, I once preached a, a, a famous sermon to a young people's group, and they remember it today. And, it went, and my title of the sermon was this: "It is impossible to have a love affair with a strawberry." <laughs> it is, but you, you do know what do you like? I love strawberries. You can't kiss a strawberry, sleep with it. It is just absolutely ridiculous. You can't marry it, can you? You can't, you know, do you, Nigel Lloyd, take this strawberry to be your lawful way? I do, to have and to hold. Oh, no. Just give me, you can't do that. I'm sorry, Peter, but you can't even love a car. It is impossible. It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't at night when you're feeling a little bit depressed come and stroke the back of your hair and make you some hot you know, whatever it is, a little bit of whiskey. Here, Peter, have it be alright, Peter. It doesn't it's cold, it doesn't speak. You can't have a love affair with it. It's just impossible. You can't love Clive. have you seen this, boy? I do I do when I'm down in Eagles Meadow, there's times I hear things like I love clothes. What has clothes ever done for you? What have they said? Can you imagine this coat that walks up to you one morning, throws its arms around you, and looks at you in the eye and says, I love you? You would think it's slightly weird, but people do. They even say that they love holidays. It's impossible. It's rubbish. You can't love a holiday. It is absolutely. It is, please, as biblically defined, you can't love a holiday. Why? Because the holiday can't love you. Ah. You can like your holiday. You can enjoy your holiday. But it is impossible to love it. So Phil, when you are on holiday Monday, you need to take your Bible with you. You need to sit down with your wife, stop her sunbathing, drinking beer, and that sort of stuff. And just show her for a little while that that she's (coughs) biblically askew. Okay. Right. So what do we do, therefore, to find out what love is? we find it out from the bible and from this verse so let's do some things that are really obvious and they're not great revelations but here they are first one is this that god loves the world what does that mean he it means this that he le- he loves the totality of human beings that's quite a love isn't it not just one he loves the lot All throughout history, all throughout time, all throughout the earth's existence, He loves them. Not only does He love them, but He loves their, He has loved them in their fallen, sinful states. He has loved them when they have not loved Him irrespective of what they have thought of him, what they say about him, how they behave, what their attitudes, their thoughts are, right in the beginning, God loves the world. There has not been a time in history when God has not loved the world. What an outstanding thing. So how is that love manifest? Well, he's got big hands, so he just comes and strokes you a little bit. No. No. This love is of such a kind and of such an intensity and of such a magnitude that it moved him to give his son to die for that world or for you. He so loved the world that he gave. He didn't just love it it moved him in the depths of his being to do something about it. In heaven, before the foundation of the world, he loved, felt the intensity of it, the, the incredible burden of that love and said, I must do something about it. I'll send my son. In John chapters 10, verse 17 and 18, you hear Jesus reflecting on this. Where he says, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. I've received a charge from my father to lay down my life because he loves the world. I've received a charge from my father to lay down my life because he loves you. One incontestably clear purpose and the effect of that love and that giving of his son is that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. In other words, what this love does is that it opens a door that should be shut. That should be shut. It opens a door so that anyone who believes in the Son will enter eternal life. A love that opens a door so that you can receive eternal life. And that's irrespective of whether you have ever loved him or even ever thought about him. Therefore, his love is indiscriminate. It may be spoken to and promised to and applied to everyone without exception. Because what this love is, Is this, if you believe in me, if you believe in me, I will give you eternal life. I can do this justly because in sending my son because I loved you, he died in your place and cancelled the debt that should be yours. And it's just simple. If you believe that that he can cancel your sins, you can be a recipient of this love. It isn't just that it's out there. You can receive it and feel it and catch it and enjoy it. How good it is to be loved by you. I gave my son so that... You don't have to earn a love. There isn't an issue of, well, how do you get into the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God (coughs) means walking into Marks and Spencers, buying a 20-pound meal for two. It will include a starter, a main meal, a side and a sweet And a pink champagne. Do you not think you're being marketed here? (laughs) What is that soft voice that does that? Is that what it says? No. It doesn't say that. It just says, I gave my son so that the only condition of you receiving this love is by trusting in him. Now that's a depth of love that I think that I've never understood or experienced so I want to say to every human being I think you're not aliens to every human being God loves you well perhaps the two in the middle are aliens but you know, we'll just question that over. We, may, we can say that and this is how he loves you how does God love you he gives his son so that you would believe so that you could be forgiven. And so that you can have eternal life. That is what the love of God promises. It's free. It goes out to every ethnic group. It goes out to every age. It goes out to every socioeconomic category. It goes out to every colour. And best of all, it goes out to the worst of sinners, of which the Apostle Paul said, "'I am the worst.'" And still he loved the Apostle Paul. Here is a love that cannot be matched, that cannot be ever really competed with. Now if you're a Christian here, And you've received that love. Live in the good of it. How about behaving as if you were loved? Hmm? What is the product? Very simple illustration. Christian's just talking to you for a second. What is the product of the fact that I love my wife? Here it comes. I'm faithful. Yeah? Yeah? So the product of how good it is to be loved by you is that we're faithful to him. Let me challenge some of you. How faithful are you to him? Perhaps even today, some of you need to come and say, I want to renew my love with him. I want to behave as if I am a lover. I want to behave as if I I am faithful to the one that loves me. Maybe for you, you need to respond that way. But if you're not a Christian, maybe it's time for you right now to, to receive a love the likes of which you have never known before. So how do you receive that, that love? Well, it's quite simple. It involves turning to God and turning from self. The Bible calls that repentance. But we can just put that word aside. It means that you're going to make a decision not to live for you any longer, but you're going to live for Him. It means that you're going to trust Jesus to come into your life and to make you what He wants you to be, not what you want to be. That's a big ask, isn't it? So I'm saying, Jesus, I I, I want to be what you want me to be. It isn't just agreeing intellectually. Hey, there's this great guy, he's called Jesus Christ. Yeah, I can see that he's the Son of God and I can see that he died on a cross for sins. No, that's not enough. Yes, you need to intellectually understand that he did those things, but it is an emotional thing too. To be in love is emotional, it's something that I feel. It's something that catches my heart. It's something that drives me and, and affects me for, for. Well, it just does, doesn't it? I know you've heard this story before, and I know it's just. It's like I once did something very stupid. And I embarrassed my wife no end, which is that I, I just had that over, overwhelming thing once that, that I was in love with my wife. And we had some roses in the front of our garden. And Callie was cleaning upstairs in the bedroom. So I thought, I'll get the ladder. I'll cut a rose and I'll walk up the ladder in the street with the rose between my teeth. And as she's cleaning the window, I'll just go, I love you! (laughs) It was received well. What I didn't realise is that as I was doing it and cutting the rose and putting the ladder up like this, the people were coming out and saying, what is this idiot going to do? But they were all behind me. So not only did I do that, but by the time that Callie looked out, she could just see me and a load of people looking to see what this. But sometimes love drives you to action. And that's what it is. Does this love drive you to action? Both, if you are not a Christian, is this love driving you to say, I want to do something about this. And is this love, if you are a Christian, driving you to an action right now? If it hasn't, get hold of the cross again. Get hold of the cross again. Look at what Jesus did for you. It's not enough just to have an intellectual thing. We need an intellectual and an emotional experience. You receive Jesus Christ by faith. It is a work of God. How do you know that Jesus is speaking to you right now? Because you can sense God speaking to you. You're forgetting me right now. You're hearing God. So I think two things this morning. I think maybe there might be some people that want to receive Jesus for the first time. And then there are some others that need to renew their love in God.